Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. With me, as always, is Charles W. Chuck Bryant, and that makes the Stuff You Should Know the podcast. The chimpanzee-centric podcast. Frequently. I told you about the time that chimp held my hand, right? Yeah. That was just the best thing ever. Yeah. I mean, I think about it today, and my heart melts a little. Just a little? Just a little. You're a weepy guy. Yeah, this is like 10, 12 years ago. And oh, it's so still, it's worn off? Yeah, it's still melting, though, by degrees. Do you think it will melt forever? Every time I think of that little chimp holding my hand, it will melt a tiny bit. Why don't you just go buy a chimp and you can have it happen all the time? Dude, if I didn't have three dogs and two cats, I would have a chimp in my house. Would you really, even after that one story, um, remember when we started blogging it happened, that chimp, uh, the face removal? that lady's face or something. Tore it off. Uh, Yeah, I would, because that was such a big deal, it made the news. And I don't think it just, that doesn't happen all the time. Okay. I would totes have a chimp when did you start talking <laughs> like that you're talking like my friend adam and it's unnerving adam says totes oh yeah i think he it's funny talks like that like everything's abbreviated oh uh, yeah yeah emily and i do that i'm totes on the totes train yeah are you <laughs> i just think it's funny okay. jerry's laughing she just don't start saying natch okay oh that's old school though i know but i still don't like it all right i never did totes i can handle more than natch okay <laughs> okay you ready yes okay Chuck, I want to tell you about a certain lady. Her name is Wenka. Okay. And she has kind of a rough life story. Let's hear it. She uh, was born into a family in disarray, you might say. Um, she was born in 1954, <clears throat> and when she was just two years old, her mother died after being mistakenly poisoned. Wow. Her um, mother's father, her grandfather... Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a morphine addict who died as a result of his addiction. Her grandmother, maternal grandmother, died of dysentery. Um, on her father's side, she was one of 40 grandkids. Wow. Can you believe that? She was adopted out at a very young age, but returned back home at age three. At 15, 15, she had her first daughter, and her daughter was born with Down syndrome. Wow. She died at 17 months. Eventually, Winka went on to have another boy and a boy and another girl. Um, and here's the mind blowing part: she's a chimpanzee. <laughs> what? Yes. Wow! I did Actually, not see that coming. I know. I was sitting there like, how is there a way to do this at the top of the chimp podcast? No, that's and great. Not somebody not know because it sounded like you were talking about a human story. But think about. Th- all of the stuff that her family went through, if they were sure. humans, wouldn't you feel pretty bad for her? Yeah. Well, feel bad for Wanka, too. And here's why. She is, as far as anyone knows, the oldest uh, primate in captivity that's still being used for research. And How she's old is here she? in a- Atlanta. Well, she was born in 1954. Oh, okay. I and she's been experimented on ever since she went back to the Yerkes Primate Institute at age three. And her mom, the one who was mistakenly poisoned, was one of the original ones that Yerkes uh, got his hands on wow. in the, what, the 40s, right? Uh, no, ye- the 30s, the 20s. Well, in the 20s, yes, is Robert Yerkes started 
messing around with uh, behavioral research, not as much medical research. No, and at you, first you think like, oh well, that's that's uh, way better. But if you have you looked into some of the behavioral experiments that they were conducting, I'm sure it's not fun. So like <clears throat> one one young um, chimp from I believe for this, the first 36 months of his life mm-hmm. had um, like plastic or some sort of obstruction over his hands and his feet, so he couldn't use either of them for the first three years of life. A lot of social isolation, like chimps spent the first two, three years of life without seeing, hearing, touching anybody else. That's like a little Albert stuff. Yes, very much so. Wasn't it little Albert? Yeah. Yeah, little Albert was on a human, though, the fear conditioning. Um, The the equivalent to that was um, Harry Harlow's experimentation of separating um, chimps from their mothers and then raising them with, like, wire and cotton fake reconstructions um, that they would cling to and, and treat as their mother because what he found from these experiments is that moms are really important. That's the saddest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. All right. So we're talking about... <laughs> we started this off on a... <laughs> well, I mean, foot, didn't we? this isn't the brightest of topics, although the ending is fairly uplifting. Yeah, it is. Or at least headed that way. Yeah. We won't ruin it. So, Chuck, l- let me set you up here. Um we have only, just in the last few years, come to, to think that animals deserve some sort of um, rights. Right? It's a very new idea, isn't it? It is newish. Okay. For sure. Like maybe 18th century newish? Yeah. Uh, England leads the way. Yeah. Our British friends um, passed the first anti cruelty laws against animals in 1822. Well, even before that, Jeremy Bentham. He wrote a paper on how animals could possibly suffer, and maybe we should start treating them differently. Late 1700s. Yeah. Kudos to him. Yeah. And did you know that he is mummified, and they bring his body out for uh, some annual dinner? For Dancing with the Stars? At the college. (laughs) He's a judge. At the college um, where he was a professor, I believe. Really? They bring his body out for dinner every year. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That's a little weird. Yeah. Well, good for him. Um, he still looks great, by the way. Does he really? Mm-hmm. So PETA uh, didn't start until 1980. A lot of people might think that PETA's been around like since the 60s or something. Yeah, it's I was surprised to see that. Fairly new. Um, and then the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals uh, was started in 1866. Right. So pretty new in, in a world view. Right. But um, the big picture. Specifically, and that's... General animal rights. Yeah. But chimps in particular, um, they're, I guess, the idea that they maybe deserve even more special rights than the average lab rat um, is based on something that's also fairly recent, which is the discovery or the idea that we share a tremendous amount of similarity with them. There's no other animal that is closer to humans than chimps, right? Yeah. I think uh, the number is just over 98%. 95% of DNA sequence, 98 to 99% of DNA... Uh, the Base other, pairings? The other part. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called. I should have written that down. Well, no, that's very... Like, people throw that out. Like, uh, ch- chimps are 98% similar to humans, and that's very misleading. Yeah. The Like you said, the genetic sequence of the chromosomes that we share or that are similar in apes and humans mm-hmm. are 98% similar. 
Okay. We're not, it's not like if you took our DNA and put it side by side. Right. Only 2% would be different. Right, right. It's not like that. And in fact, chimps have 10% more DNA than humans do. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's, that's very misleading to say, but the point is, right. they are very genetically similar, probably more than any other animal. And we've known that since the 20s. Yeah, and similar enough to that at a certain point, people said, you know what? We've experimented on human prisoners long enough, yeah. and they say we can't do it anymore, yeah. which is a drag. So let's get these chimps in here and uh, give them disease. And here we reach the title of the podcast. Um, there, as, as much as we would like to think that it is a very easy moral, ethical question, like should chimps be used for medical research, it's not. No. Because if you, as we were saying before, if you like walking around not having polio yeah. or hepatitis. B. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can go ahead and thank a chimp for volunteering. I'm, I'm sorry. Wait, that was the absolute worst word I could have used. Yeah. <laughs> um, for being a uh, an, uh, basically a, a test animal on those vaccines um, and treatments. Uh, same with contraceptives. Yeah. Uh, if you like our understanding of addiction, you can thank chimps for that. For being a space animal. Let's go ahead and call that out. That's where it all began. The U.S. Air Force said, hey, we got a space race going on. Right. Let's go get uh, some chimps from the wild, shoot them up into space, put them in sled cars, test G-forces on them, (laughs) see what can happen. Put them on the G-Wiz rocket sled. I guess uh, What's-His-Face was getting a little tired at that point. Colonel Stapp? Yeah. He he couldn't (laughs) see because of all the blood pooled in his retinas. So um, pre-NASA, the Air Force went and and got 65 chimpanzees from the wild, Mm -hmm. and a lot of these chimps are used today are descendants of those original chimps because they couldn't keep going to get them after the uh, Convention on International Trade and Endangered Species in 75. Which basically said, like, hey, man, you can't just start going and grabbing chimpanzees or other animals out of the wild. They're in danger. Exactly. So they started breeding these chimps. Right. The ones that they already had after sites was passed... They said, okay, well, we'll just start making them here in America. Making them. Made in America. Yes. Chimps. And I I did find it odd, or not odd, but a little, like, distressing that some of those, a lot of these chimps today are descended from those original 65. Yeah. Because of breeding. I mean, it makes sense, but who knew? Well, same with Yerkes. Um, His primates that he had in the 20s, those original four, that, that was a captive breeding program as well. Oh, yeah? I think he definitely supplemented them with... Um, imports, yeah, you know, because it was prior to sites. But he had, you know, breed bred. He bred them. They bred. They bred. They, they bred it. <laughs> they did it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and like you pointed out, we should uh, say that Yerkes is now in Atlanta here at Emory University. Yeah. After uh, being in Florida for twenty some odd years, they moved to Atlanta and sponsored by Yale before. Yeah, and they got two point five acres at the main station here in Atlanta, and then in Lawrenceville, just up the road. Yeah. They have the field station, 117 acres of uh, chimpanzee breeding and testing facilities. Yeah. It's where chimps go to get their drugs. <laughs> Chimpanzees are endangered. They're native to Africa. And uh, because of their similarities, they thought, you know, this HIV thing in the 80s, maybe we should start injecting these chimps and see 
how and if they develop AIDS. That's what changed everything. That the changed combination of sites and the appearance of AIDS um, combined with chimp similarity like really changed everything. We had a captive breeding program. The yeah. federal government sponsored it. It, and so it became very, very big. A mysterious new disease. Yeah, the fear of AIDS and HIV was so enormous that they, within just a few years of this captive breeding program that was started by the National Institutes of Health in 1986, I think maybe within a year or two, there were, I think, 500 chimps running around with HIV. That's right. The big problem was, as we soon found out, that while they can carry HIV, and chimps are the only other animal besides humans, that can contract HIV, right? Because cats have their own, dogs have their own, right? Um, other other um, apes and primates have their own, but only, but only uh, humans and chimps can have HIV. That's right. Um, we found that chimps don't get AIDS. They don't go. Yeah. They don't move into full blown AIDS. Yeah, at least not like humans do. And so it was kind of a big failure on that front. And all the. Uh, progress we've made on AIDS research has been because of human experimentation, yeah. basically. Or watching and seeing. Well, yeah. I guess exactly. is another way to put it. Uh, 1966, the Animal Wel- Welfare Act outlined uh, minimum care requirements for all animals in ca- uh, captivity. Right. So these chimps were, you know, before the sites program, the ones that they were importing, they still had some sort of protection, but it wasn't. You know, there weren't that many bells and whistles. It was pretty, pretty Southwest Airlines, not really Singapore <laughs> Air. You know, uh, I would thought you would have said like Virgin Atlantic or something. Is Singapore Air really nice? Really, it's up there with like Emirates, Emirates, Singapore, Japan Airlines is pretty nice the too. Concord, remember that? Yeah, we should do one on that. Do you remember the time that Phil Collins played a show in London? Yeah, Live Aid. And then flew, was it for Live Aid? Yeah. He played two shows on two different continents within like Philly five and, or six uh, hours of each other. Uh-huh. Awesome. Thank you, Concord. Thank you, Phil Collins. Yeah, well, <laughs> I thought that might go without saying. I can just open my shirt and show you my T-shirt to say that. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, that's a huge urban legend that he uh, saw his uh, girlfriend's rapist in the audience Yeah. drowning. Not true. Makes for a good story, though. Yeah. All right. Getting back to Animal Welfare Act. You said it was it didn't have the bells and whistles. You said temperatures had to stay between 45 and 85 degrees Fahrenheit. Not bad. Keep them uh, comfortable. Yeah. Uh, Got to give them food and water. Got to isolate the sick ones, even though you can get a waiver on that. If they're supposed to be sick among their, their friends. Right. I imagine that wasn't too hard to get that exception. Right. And... Um, Basically, it applied to all chimpanzees for both biomedical and behavioral research, which was good. And all animals, any animal that's being experimented on, any warm-blooded animal. Or in captivity, period. Okay. Like, I think it just applied to zoos and everything. Gotcha. That's good. Yeah. So we had that in place in 66. Sites came along in 75. The um, chimpanzee breeding program came along in 1986. And then when that collapsed and failed... um, the U.S. government was like, oh, what are we going to do here? We've got literally hundreds of chimps running around with HIV. They're like, if they come in contact with people, yeah. especially sickos, they, they it could spread, right? Well, and they don't live to be 12. No, they like live to be 60. Yeah, so that's, and they cost money to, you know, house and About feed. About 15 and, bucks a day. Yeah. So. Doesn't sound like a lot, but no, it adds but up. That adds up, especially when, um, 
there was only about, I think, 500 that had HIV, but there was something on the order of like 12 to 1,500 that were that the government was responsible for. And it wasn't just the failure of the HIV-AIDS studies. Uh, you can thank Jane Goodall um, and groups like PETA and the ASPCA and the Humane Society uh, in the early 80s, around this time when CHIMP research was really at its peak, um, for kind of alerting the public to the, the cruelty of animal testing and research. The Army of the Twelve Monkeys. Yeah. You can thank them. I did. They were a red herring. I did. It was back <laughs> in World War I. Uh, we should talk a little bit about the, the Calston or Colston Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, that is now defunct. It was shut down in 2002. And here's the deal. Uh, it's controversial. Depending on who you ask, Frederick Colston was the guy who uh, was a toxicologist who helped develop treatment for malaria mm-hmm. and hepatitis B and AIDS. Yep. Or it was a house of horrors, and he performed experiments on human prisoners and then moved to chimps. And, uh, you know, in one test, chimps had their teeth smashed in with a steel ball so they could practice... Uh, reconstruct, uh, reconstructive dental surgery. Uh, in 1995, three chimps were cooked to death uh, when the temperature in their, and this is New Mexico, in their unmonitored enclosure topped 140 degrees. Oh, my gosh. And since 1993, 33 chimps, and I think 40, like 45 animals in all, died, quote, unintended deaths at the Colston Foundation. So, you know, it sounds like some awful, awful thing going on, but then again, he's developing these treatments these awful diseases so it's a very dicey situation oh it is but they were shut down in 2002 because uh negligent care on a lot of fronts yeah and any any i mean there's there are plenty of people who have like a really good um they have really good ground to stand on by saying like any animal testing is bad and it doesn't matter how well you treat these animals like shouldn't be experimenting on right were they put on this earth to test to save humans some people back that, some people don't. Right. Um, so, oh, uh, you know, very recently I saw um, there was some researcher uh, associated with the Center for Great Apes. Yeah? Yeah. Um, apparently there's, like, a number of them, uh, and one of them's in Des Moines. And apparently somebody slashed the heels of um, an infant uh, chimp to keep it from being able to stand upright. And this is like December, like a couple months ago. Wow! So one of the uh, one of the researchers as a test? There acted as a whistleblower, yeah, wow. um, or for a test. Not that I don't think that was the I don't think that was the experiment. I think it was related to it. Oh, okay. But one of the researchers there was like, "I'm getting this chimp and all the rest of them out of here and taking them down to another center for great apes." Um, the main one in in Florida. Yeah. Well, just to finish up on the Colson Foundation. The good news is, as of 2010, about half of the TCF chimps are now living at Save the Chimps, which is basically where you want to be if you're a retired chimp. Yeah. Swinging, playing, running around, eating bananas, holding hands, <laughs> all that good chimp stuff. So, well, let's talk about this. That's the result of a that sea change that was started by Jane Goodall and, and PETA and um, a lot of the Animal Liberation Front. Um, and Matthew Broderick. Yeah. What was the name of that? Project X. That's right. And interestingly, real quick, I just saw today, I didn't realize this. Project X was 
a movie that raised awareness uh, for mistreatment of chimps, obviously, in yeah. medical research. But Bob Barker at the time accused them of mistreating animals on the set. Yeah, he was a huge, huge yeah. uh, animal cruelty guy. And he, he got sued for defamation for that. Really? Yeah, and settled out of court, actually. Uh, against his wishes, he settled out of court. Because he still believed that they were mistreated and like said that there were like clubs and billy clubs and batons used and uh, they used like a snake to scare the chimps and stuff to get reactions. Yeah, but that was just a joke. <laughs> that was just a, a you know a prank on set in between takes. Yeah. But yeah, Project X, go see it. Helen Hunt, go see it in, your, in the theater near you. <laughs> right, in your time machine. Did you see the Ferris Bueller commercial at the? I saw it out of the corner of my eye. At the superb owl. Were you disgusted? Uh, I was looking forward to it because I heard about it beforehand, and it was it was pretty bad. Was it? Yeah. yeah. Hey man, he's got to support his kids. Oh, dude, I'm sure he made a mint. Good for him. Um. So, okay, we were talking about Matthew Broderick and his career. Yes. Um, which led directly to a sea change in how people feel about animal testing and uh, specifically about chimpanzee testing, um, which is kind of evidenced by the fact that Congress, in its endless ability to pass legislation with cutesy names and acronyms. I know, this one was surprised me even. In 2000, Congress passed the Chimpanzee Health Improvement, Maintenance, and Protection Act. And guess what that spells out? Chimp. Yeah. They passed the Chimp Act in 2000. And basically this said, your captive breeding program is gone uh, once a chimp is retired from biomedical testing yeah. or uh, behavioral testing, I believe, too. You are you can't kill it. Sorry. Nope. All those um, monkeys running around with HIV... You can't euthanize them. You, you have, have to, to provide for, for their care for the rest of their lives. Their As natural, natural lives. Sure. As Which is pretty be. cool. It's bad enough that you've given them HIV. <laughs> like, at least care for them. But this extends only, as far as I know, to um, federally funded chimp programs. Pharmaceutical companies right. uh, that own... it's. Federally funded and pharmaceutical companies, all the chimps in the United States are owned by them that aren't pets, I should say. Right. Um, they, uh, the pharmaceutical companies exist outside of this act, of course. So, Josh, if I were to ask you how many countries in the world, in the world, still experiment on chimpanzees legally, what would be your answer? I would say, since the United States... Such a um, it's such a standard bearer yeah. of human rights and animal rights. Sure, that if the United States still allows it, at least ninety to one hundred and five other countries allow testing on chimpanzees. Am I right? You did a very good job of playing dumb there, by the way. Uh, no, United States and Gabon are the only two countries in the world that still perform uh, biomedical testing on chimpanzees. 97, Great Britain said no more. Uh, Netherlands in 2002, I can't even speak Dutch, that would be a travesty. Uh, Sweden in 2003, Austria 2006, Japan 2006. Yeah. Everyone said, we're drawing a line in the sand. United States still allows it. But two months ago, three months ago, December of last year, big news. The NIH suspended all new grants awesome. for biomedical and behavioral research. On chimps or apes, the, the great apes? Um, 
Which, by the chimps. way, the great apes are chimps, gorillas, bonobos, and orangutans. Correct. Um, so they suspended all new grants. That doesn't mean that you can't test anymore, but they basically established some pretty rigorous criteria moving forward, which means it's got to be necessary for human health, and there must be no other possible way to accomplish it. And basically, it's kind of being looked at as the beginning of the end, because they're finding that nowadays, with cultures and cellular research, you don't need to experiment on chips anymore. You can find out all you need to know right? in a Petri dish. Yeah, the NIH said, hey, um, over the next four years, we're going to hypercharge our biomedical testing. Yeah. So we, so we, like you said, it can just exist in the Petri dish from now on. We don't have to, well, basically, single-celled animals that are going to start to bear the brunt <laughs> of our, our desire, our ceaseless uh, quest for immortality. For but you can't hold the hand of an amoeba. No, but if you could, I'll bet it would melt you, too. <laughs> uh, hepatitis C apparently is one of two areas that they think it could still be useful uh, for. and um, But it sounds like they're genuinely phasing it out. That's great. It's about time. It is. Up after that, it'll just be on Gabon. <laughs> so hats off to places like Save the Chimps. And uh, what were some of the other ones? Uh, the Center for Great Apes, which, by the way, I don't want to defame them at all, not even for legal reasons. Like, they do a good job. Sure. Um, I looked them up. I looked up Save the Chimps. Um, Chimp Haven. The Great Ape Project. Uh, I found one in Massachusetts. And if you go on some of, like, the charity watches and, and rating sites, yeah. um, there's nothing bad for them except for the fact that they haven't filed with the IRS, even though they should. For some reason, the, this um, morning star doesn't have anything on them. They use golden laptops, <laughs> but they, uh, they, um, all of them seem to le- to be legit. But the Great Eight Project, uh, the one that's mentioned in this um, article, that lobbies on behalf of the Great Apes for testing and basically animal rights. Yeah, they're located in Brazil. Um, but I keep yeah. thinking you're saying Grape Ape. Yeah, the Grape Ape Project. The uh, Center for Great Apes is is bona fide and good, too. I couldn't find much on anything that seemed to smack of, like, the Colston Foundation or anything like that. Yeah, well, the Colston Foundation actually morphed into uh, Save the Chimps. Okay. So Yeah, uh, yeah, that's in Florida, right? Yeah. Fort Pierce? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And along with Chimp Haven and the Fauna Foundation, um, they're, you know, they're chimp sanctuaries. It's a nice thing. Yeah. So I guess go there, give them some money, ask in exchange um, for a chimp to hold your hand. Mm -hmm. Um, Do not feed chimps antidepressants and keep them at your house. Is that what happened to the one? Yeah. Remember the woman was like, "Oh yeah, he's on antidepressants. He he uh, he shouldn't have done this." And everybody's like, "Wait, what did you just say?" She's like, "Nothing." Do you remember? I don't remember the antidepressants. Yeah, part, it came out like a couple, on like the Today Show or something like a couple wow. of days after. She was like, I, I had him on antidepressants. I don't know what happened. Boy, she she was messed up too. Was she? Oh, yeah. She was. It was pretty gnarly. Yeah. Oh, the, uh, the lady. The, yeah, the victim. Yeah. Yeah, that was something. Man. Okay. Well, um, we were all over the place there. Yeah. If you, if you can figure out where we uh, where we stand on this, hats off to you. <laughs> you got anything else about chimps? Four uh, great apes? No. What are the four great apes? Uh, chimpanzees, orangutans, uh, macaws. No, wait, no. that's a bird. Yeah. M- m- macabs? No. <laughs> uh, Clint Eastwood? That's a every which way but loose. <laughs> that's an orangutan. Yeah. I can't Clyde. remember. 
right? Oh, yeah. Right turn glide. Uh, bonobo. Bonobos. Or bonobo. Mm-hmm. Uh, orangutans, gorillas, and chimps. That's right. And humans. Zippy the chimp was my favorite uh, toy growing up. Uh, had a little hand you could squeeze, and it made a little squeaky noise. So, yeah, that was my favorite little toy, Zippy the Chimp. Awesome. I bet you I can get one on eBay. Okay. Because mine is probably, you know, disintegrated because I'm 90. <laughs> I'm glad somebody finally said it. <laughs> um, okay, well, that's it for chimps then. I was not expecting you to mention that when I said, if you do you have anything else? Yeah, I just actually I just remembered about Zippy the Chimp. First time I thought about that in I, like 20-something years. That's good. Okay. Um, if you want to learn more about chimps and biomedical testing, including the um, delightfully named Chimp Act of 2000, you can type in, uh, what's it called, Chuck? What happens to chimps used in medical research or any one of those? Kristen Conger, right? Yeah. She wrote both of the ones we recorded today. This oh, really? Was Ark, yeah. Hey, Conger Day. And the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. And if, let's see, I said HowStuffWorks.com and search bar, right? Yes. Just now? Mm-hmm. So, of course, as ever, without interruption or fail, it's time for listener mail. Except what? that there's interruption and fail. What? Uh, you wanted to talk about our million, uh, what is it called? The million, March, March for the Millions? The Million Dollar March. Million Dollar March. Yeah. March for the Millions, that's good too. March for the Millions sounds more like a car sweepstakes or something yeah. like that. The Million Dollar March on Kiva, our Kiva team, mm-hmm. is rounding the bend toward toward having lent a million dollars. That's just baffling to me. Uh, by the end of March. Yeah. We're well on the way. We're assured by Glenn and Sonia. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, we are the official team captains now, so we set the goal. You set the goal, didn't you? Uh, yeah, yeah, I typed it up. It was nice of you. Um, but we are not snobs. Our Kiva team is extremely open and accepting. And if you'd like to join and lend, don't just join. Why would you just join and not lend? It's weird. People do it. I, I get joining Facebook and just stalking people. Right, or just like sitting there and saying like, okay, I'm here. Yeah. I'm not going to do anything on it. Sure. This is this, this is different. This team is all about action, baby. Just one loan. Just do one loan. Or do several. Well, sure. Um, but the, the team's very supportive. The message board is very helpful. If you have any questions, you can ask and people will tell you and... Uh, you can say, "Hey, I, I think this people need these people need their loan fulfilled. Help them, and people will go." And it's fun. It's cool. Agreed. Um, but we are almost to a million dollars. And if you want to join and help, you can join us on uh, www.kiva.org/team/stuffyoushouldknow and uh, join up and start lending, and it'll be cool. And you know, we don't mind if you join up here at the last minute and kind of receive some of the credit as, hey, I helped them reach a million bucks even though I just joined a month ago. Who cares? We love that. Bandwagoneers are welcome. Yes, that's fine. As long as you're doing some good. Who cares? Agreed. Um, And I guess that's it, huh? That is it. Uh, If you want to get in touch with us, you can send us a tweet to SYSK Podcast. You can uh, join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stuff you should know again join our kiva team kiva.org slash team slash stuff you should know and you can send us an email to stuff podcast at discovery.com 
Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join House of Work staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?